What's going on family? Pastor Sergio Chavez reporting live and direct to you and yours. And listen, I wanted to take a moment to thank you for tuning in to the Hope Huddle Podcast, your place for inspiration, hope, and empowerment. You know, um, we're living in a time where we're, we're constantly being bar- bombarded by messages um, be it on, on social media or just media in general, movies, music, uh, we're constantly being bombarded with messages in relations to uh, marriage, singlehood, um, and everywhere, in, in, anywhere in between. And, you know, I figured, how is it that we are in a time where we're, we're most advanced technologically speaking, we have the most information than ever, uh, we are living in a time where, where we can access anything at any moment with Google, uh, books and videos, tutorials, but yet we are living in a time where relationships are suffering just the same. Single people are struggling because some single people are saying, I just can't find the right one. I don't know if I have a witness. Y'all already quiet in the house just because we set the mood. Y'all already got relaxed on me. Just go ahead, but let me know that you're with me. Just talk back to singles. I'm like, man, this, can I just find one decent person? I just want a person that got all their teeth and like just got an all right job and just will treat me right. I just want somebody that's all. I'm not asking for much, Lord. I just want them to. <laughs> Mary, folks. I can't stand this woman. I can't stand him. Slamming the door, slamming the car door. We're living in a time where relationships are suffering and struggling. And so we do this annually. We like to speak into relationships because I believe that we can share something that will help you. And I'm so glad that you made it out because I believe that you can leave with something that will help your relationship. Even if you have a strong relationship, I think this will be a time in which your relationship will be affirmed. So uh, just show a hands. I just want to know if I'm, before we get into this talk, if I'm speaking to the right crowd. If, if, if you want your relationship, your marriage, even in your singlehood, uh, to just be better. Just let, let me know if I'm talking to the the right crowd. All right, all right. That's good. That's good. That's good. Uh, you know. No, I raise my hand. You raise your hand too. All right. You know. Um, why don't we throw an image up here on the screen? Why don't we throw an image real quick on the screen? Oh man. What what what, what y'all call that? Goals. Hashtag goals. Goals. That's what that's what y'all say. Can I show you real goals? Real goals. Let go ahead. Let's let's go to that picture. Let's let's see real goals. That. Woo! That's that's baby. You look sexy right there in the kitchen right there. Let me tell you. Guys, I turned around. I was like, what are you doing? Don't take pictures of me while I'm doing this. This is hashtag reality. Go, Go ahead. Let's look at some more goals. Let's look at some more goals. Trash bag goals. Any fellas, any fellas that know how to take care of the home, you know how to handle business, right? Let's look at some more goals. Let's look at some more goals. Goals! Now this is when I think he's the most sexy. I thought you said I'm most sexy when I'm praying and worshiping God. Okay, that is, that is very sexy. So this is gonna be the second, second, second. most right. sexiest is when you're helping me clean the house. I look a hot mess, that's what I look. All right, let's look at some, let's look at some more goals. Let's look at some more goals. Bedtime goals, 
goals, goals, goals. Let's, do we have any more goals? This is probably the last one. Do we got yeah, any? I think there's one more. There's one more? Oh, you might, not, you might not understand this hashtag reality. This is after a long day. You see me there in the cut. I am knocked out. A long day of work, a long day of ministry and playtime, and this is how I ended up. And, and my daughter, uh, Day, she, she, I, she discovered how to take selfies, y'all. <laughs> With mommy's help while daddy was sleeping. <laughs> she took that picture of me. But see, this, this is hashtag reality. Here's what I realized. We live in a time where we're on social media and we're constantly commenting under people's pictures when they look beautiful, put together, outfits look great, and we call that hashtag goals. But, but here's the thing. We always look at the glory in a picture but never understand the story behind it. See, it's easy for you to look at myself, Pastor Fran, we're here week after week, we love each other. You see beautiful pictures on our Instagram. You can follow us at Francesca P. Chavez, S.A. Chavez, follow us. You can like it, double tap, hashtag goals. But here's the thing, here's the thing. But, 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 but here's, the, here's, there's goals, right? There's the glory and the glamour of it, but people would not know what it takes to get here. There's always a story. And so today, we want to just give you a little bit of our story. I'm going to let you go ahead and talk, baby. Talk to the people. Let them know a little bit of the story. So some of you may know our story, but I'm just going to wrap it up in a nutshell because it's a long one. But I remember my husband and I, well, we both met while we were still serving. We were serving in the ministry. Um, we were both very active in our callings. So we were active in our purpose. We understood what we were called to do. We loved God. Um, and so we met in the midst of that. And I'm a, I'm a strong believer. This is for anybody who's single in the house and is saying, you know, I'm still waiting on the right one. I'm a strong believer that purpose attracts purpose. So when you are somebody that is purpose-filled and you are aiming towards your purpose, you are serving and you are being active in your calling, that will attract the person who also sees you as their perfect fit. So when you have vision, for example, vision attracts vision, purpose attracts purpose. If, if you're somebody that's, because I get this all the time, sometimes people are like, you know, I don't know why, why I always attract the jokers, or why I'm always attracting the foolish ones, or why I'm always attracting the people that are not serious. I always say, well, what are you putting out there? Because you attract what you put out. So a lot of times if somebody sees you as a joke, then hey, I'm just gonna approach you. But if people see that you are serious about what you are doing, there is a greater anointing and a greater calling on your life. Trust and believe me that it will repel the people that do not need to be part of your life and it will attract the people that need to be in it. I am a strong believer of that. And I say that because there were many jokers, this is personally for me, that would approach my mom but never approached me and my mom would always say, you really think, you really think you're ready for her? You think you're ready for all that? Cause you see her up there and she's doing this and she's preaching and she's singing and she's doing, but are you ready to deal with her? And this man right here was the only one with the courage to say, in the midst of them all, I am right here. And so I remember that um, just being active in our, in, in our callings was how, we, was how we actually met. A year, not even a year after Sergio and I met, you, asked, you already told me that you were gonna marry me. He didn't ask me, he said, 
He called me, used one of the calling cards. He was in El Salvador, you were doing, you were preaching, ministering, and he, he calls me up and he says, let's just put the cards on the table. You like me. I was like, well, you just gonna put me out there like that? And he's like, but, but here's the thing, I like you too. So what are we gonna do about this? I wanna get serious. I'm not looking for a girlfriend. I'm not looking for a playmate. I'm looking for somebody who's ready to be a wife. I was 19 years old. He was 17 years old, but he knew what he wanted. <laughs> Thank you, brother. Yeah. Thank you, man. I appreciate you. I'm not saying. I got one that's with me. <laughs> he knew what he wanted, and I remember I was like, yeah, I think I'm ready for that. Not knowing the ride that was coming ahead, but it's, it's, it's amazing to me to see that when a man is committed to the relationship, in the four and a half years that we were together, long distance relationship, because we were both in school, I was doing my grad plus, un, my undergrad plus graduate school, you were doing your, un, finishing up your grad school, he was in Lynchburg, I was living here in Washington DC, four and a half years of a long distance relationship, and through all of that, we didn't break up once. And so a lot of times people are here like, oh, we break up and then we make up and then we break up. Oh, but I still want to be with you. And then we, oh, no, 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 and then I still want to be with you. And no, 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 we didn't. Trust me, in my past relationships, because of how toxic they were, I tried that on him. And he would say to me, if we're breaking up, it's done. There's no coming back. There's no, oh, I, 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 I think I, I changed my mind. I'm sorry I walked out. You really were the one always. He's like, you better know I'm the one now. There Those ain't are no, facts, y'all. Those there, are facts. There ain't no breakup, and then you gonna call me five minutes later talking about, oh, I want you back. So every time I was like, well, you know, and then he'd, he'd hit me with that, I'd go, well, then just give me some time. I'll call you back tomorrow. <laughs> Because I knew I didn't want to lose him. I had something good in front of me. <laughs> but I remember, so we, we agreed to, to getting married. Um, and just to wrap things up, Sergio was uh, graduating in his last year at the university. He was getting ready to graduate. He proposed to me the month before he graduated. He said, we're getting married this year. Once I finish graduating, he had no job, no apartment, no money. <laughs> you're like, let me tell you what I had a whole lot of. I had a whole lot of faith. He had, y'all. A, whole had a whole lot, lot of faith and a whole <laughs> lot of plans. That's what he had. I, see, that's why y'all see me up here and I worship Jesus the way I do. See, you can only worship Jesus when you've had to believe God for some stuff yes. and He's come through. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yes. Yeah, I got that testimony. Yes, and I had a whole lot of crazy to say yes. <laughs> to somebody who had nothing to give me. But I trusted and believed everything that God had placed within you. And I believed that we were a team that God was raising up for this generation. So I remember saying, you know what? I don't know how we're gonna do this, but God's gonna make a way. Um, but we had a plan. That was the difference. We didn't just, okay, we're, you know, April, we're, you know, engaged, and now we're gonna get married in September. We don't know how we're gonna do it. We had a plan, at least. And the Bible says in Proverbs 16, 13, commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. In other words, when you say, God, I don't 
have it all together yet and I might not have everything that I need, but here is my plan. I commit it to you. I want you to be the one to bless it and establish it so that I can walk forward in it. And so as we committed our plans to the Lord, in less than a month after he committed to me, after we made the commitment um, and we presented ourselves before our families, everyone said, we're doing this this year. Um, people thought we were crazy, by the way, because we had nothing, literally. People thought we were crazy. But we committed our plans to the Lord. The Lord provided for the wedding. The Lord, in less than a month, opened a door for your job. He had a job. A uh, few months before we even got married, he got his apartment. And I remember we had a beautiful wedding. We loved every moment of it. Once we were married, I moved in. We had nothing but a bed, our clothes, and boxes as furniture. That was all we had when we started. And a lot of times people are like, I gotta have this together, I have to have that together, I have to have everything together before I can. But when you have two people who are purpose-filled, when you know what you've been called to do, you believe God for it so much, we built our lives literally from the ground up. And it's why we appreciate each other so much now is because we were with each other through the highest of highs. I mean, having our babies was a high moment. Getting our house in the same year was a high moment for us. But we've had, we've gone to the depths of the lows. And we've had moments where we've cried together. We've had moments where we've, uh, before we got married, where we questioned whether or not this really was what God had for us. Um, and I think a lot of times people do see the, God, they're so cute, goals. But it it takes it takes a type of person who is dedicated, who is committed, and and who is willing to say whatever the whatever the outside world is saying. I'm I'm draining out the noise, and I'm gonna follow what it is that God has for me. If you believe that this is what God has for you, that the person that you are with is what God has for you then stay committed to that. Don't waver from one to the next. Don't put your eyes on somebody else. Stay committed to who you chose and believed God had placed in your life for you. The enemy is working 24-7 to distract you from your purpose. And a lot of times, the people that God has placed in our lives are the people that God is gonna use to excel us and help us get to our purpose. But we're so distracted with what they're missing and what they're lacking. The eight, you heard of the 80-20 rule? They got 80% of what we need, but that other 20%, maybe they ain't got the biceps. Maybe they don't have the makeup look right. Maybe they don't have the fashion thing down. So I'm gonna go in, ooh, when she walks by. And then you forget. You forget though, that the other one had your kids, was with you through your lows when somebody, some other woman probably would have come in and said bye-bye because you ain't got nothing. The other one was with you through it all. You forgot that. Don't forget, I tell my husband all the time, don't forget. Don't get me twisted. I am not the one. <laughs> But at the same, it's the same thing, vice versa. As women, sometimes, you know, we're like, well, I wish we had somebody else to listen to. You know, you don't listen to me. You don't this, you don't that. This is teamwork. 
And so we can't just, because you didn't do something one day or a second day, all of a sudden I'm discarding you and I no longer appreciate you and you no longer a fit for me. No, when we commit, we commit and we stay in it for the long haul. So let's get into it. Let's get into it. Listen, we have the same way we're talking right now. We do this on a weekly basis. Y'all may not believe this, but we have um, these weekly dates, lunch dates. It could be dinner dates where we're able to get, you know, have some time and uh, without the kids. And we talk just like this. So is it all right if we invite you to the way that we talk normally to our, in our sit downs, our conversations? So we might be talking this kind of format things. We might be talking to each other. We might be talking directly to y'all, but I pray that you all receive it however it comes. Are you all ready? I want to share with you four things that you can apply today that would transform and radically change your relationships. And for those who are single, I want to share with you those things that what you should be looking for while you're courting. These are some signs that you're in a healthy relationship. So as I'm saying it, these are some things that will help you avoid breakups or these are things that will help you affirm that you're in something healthy. So if you're taking notes, I encourage that. Um, um, follow along with me. I, we're going to go through four things. Maybe the first thing that I believe as, as, we, as we look at our story, um, you already alluded to it. We always had a team mindset. And so I feel like that's the first point that we should, we should start off that basis. You must think in terms of the team. You must think in terms of the team. I love this quote. Coming together is a beginning. Keeping together is progress, but working together is success. It's so easy to come together. Everything is beautiful in the beginning. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Don't want to hang up the phone. You hang up. No, you hang up. No, you hang up. No, you hang up. How about we stay on the line? I just want to hear you breathe on the phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you know, a, a texting every every sec. How you doing? Miss you. Wish you were here with. Me. If you talk to that couple a year later, see everything begins with excitement, with passion. Coming together is the beginning, and that's physiologically, uh, psychologically, spiritually. That that is just a truth. That whenever we begin something, it begins with passion and a lot of excitement. But the true test is when that passion and that excitement starts to dwindle down, and you really start looking at the other person and be like, "Ooh, they got an attitude issue." <laughs> I ain't talking about you, babe. This is probably for somebody watching via YouTube. Woo. <laughs> Yeah, bad. Like you know, the, the way that, the, the way that they work on things is like, wow. Okay, I, 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 they're not as they're not as bright as I thought they were. They're not the, they're not the sharpest tool in the shed. <laughs> because the emotion starts to dwindle down, and you start looking at the reality of who that person is. And so, working together as a team is going to be vital for your relationship to work. In order for you to not experience that breakup, you must work as a team. If you're looking for somebody uh, to be in a relationship, if you're single, you should be praying for, give me a man, give me a woman that I will be able to work together with as a team. Yes. Let me give you the scriptures because you're in a church. I got to give you the scripture. Scripture talks about these concepts. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 2 and 3 says this. You can follow along on the screen or just hear me. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 2 and 3. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient. God is saying to you, be patient. Bearing with one another with what? And in? Love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. Did you know that you can win the argument but lose a relationship? Yep. Okay, let me. 
You can win the argument. You can make every effort to prove your point and lose a relationship. So your effort should really go into how do we compromise? How do we work together? How do we keep the peace and the unity? Because when we're a team, that's what we're striving for. Let me give you another scripture. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9 through 12. I love these verses. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9 through 12. I love this. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other. But pity on anyone who falls and has no one to get them up. Some of the singles are like, that's me, Lord. Nobody there to help me up. <laughs> I'm praying for you. We with you. We stay strong. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. And how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. And a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Teamwork. Whenever you have a couple that get away from the mindset of what can I get out of it or what do I need and switch that mindset and get into what is better for the relationship, you're having a healthy relationship. When you're able to get away from the I, the me, the ego, and I said this last week, ego, when you battle with pride and ego, that's a quick, that's a quick way to sabotage a relationship. What am I uh, supposed to get out of, what are my needs? When you get out of that eye, when you spend your time, even as an individual, when you're in a relationship, I'm speaking in marriage, in relationship, when you spend your individual time thinking, how can we improve in our relationship? And you're thinking about the other person, how can I place their needs before mine? That's a real test of commitment and a real healthy relationship. So if you got your boo with you, why don't you look at them and say, we're a team, yeah. we're a team. We're a team, we're a team, we're a team. Let them know we're a team. See, real teams, they go, they, they enter the trenches together. Real teams make sacrifices together. Real teams cry together. Real teams laugh together. Real teams go through everything that life may hit you, but you do it together. And see, that's a real relationship. You're not saying, well, you're on your own with that one. No, you say, how can we face this together? There's a battle, financial crisis, emotional crisis, physical crisis, sickness, health, all of these battles that we face, emotional breakdowns, anxiety, stress, we face it as a team. And that's what we always did together. In fact, yeah, yeah, maybe we have people that have known us since we were courting, when we were young in a relationship. I don't want to put you out, Ligia, but Ligia, uh, my sister Lily, knows, knows us back from when we were first getting to know each other. Am I lying to you? We've been doing this 12, 13 years ago. We've been doing it that long. This is what we're doing here. This is, not, this is not something we're making up. This is something that I just read off a book. I'm telling you, the reason we're standing here 13 years later, never broke up once, always were committed, always worked together, was because from the beginning, I prayed to the Lord and I said, God, give me a teammate, not somebody I can look good with. I don't want to be with somebody just to say I have somebody. See, some of y'all, y'all just want to be in relationship because you just don't want to be alone and you don't care how they come, the package, the standards, and the fact that they don't have any boundaries, the fact that they'll disrespect you because you just want to be with somebody. You need to be praying, God, give me a teammate that I can work with. When I met her, I said, I said, what are your dreams? I want to be a part of it. 
You want to finish school? How can I help you? We were in a relationship talking about, you know what? You should drop out and you should just be with me. I'm going to take care of you. I ain't had nothing to talk about. I was going to take care of her. I said, you better go on finish school. <laughs> High five. I said, you better go on finish school. I said, I'm gonna finish school. I said, what are your dreams? What are your hopes? Those were our conversations. I said, we're a team. We're gonna face everything together. The good, the bad, the ugly. When you get on my nerves, when we feel like we don't like each other, when the emotions dwindle and they go away, we're gonna stick together. I'm still, I'm till this day, I'm, I'm this way. We always a team. When I'm hanging out in my living room and she goes upstairs to the bedroom, I'm like, where you going? Where, where, where you off to? And she's like, I'm going to the room. I, I just want you, to, I want you to be right here. We're a team. But I need to, st- let's, let's, let's study together. Let's pray together. Let's, let's worship together. Let's talk about our finances. Let's improve the relationship. Everything in life, we approach it as a team. And when you work as a team, you will avoid that breakup. And because you're getting out of that I mindset, that me mindset, that ego. Because when you, ego is just a simple way of saying, I'm edging God out of the equation and I'm going to do it my way. But when you say you were going to work as a team, that's a sign of success. Is that good? Is anybody receiving anything so far? Working as a team, working as a team. The second thing I know for us was key, especially in the very beginning, but is is very, very key even now for staying together has been prayer. Say, can you say with me, prayer? Prayer. Praying for your partner is essential. Whether you're single and you're praying for the one, um, you're already in a relationship, you're praying for that person, you're in a marriage, you're praying for your spouse. It, this, it, it's a, prayer is a powerful thing because it doesn't just allow us to connect with God, but as we pray to God about a specific person, it even allows us to connect with them. Listen to what the Bible says here in James chapter 5, verses 16. It says, therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And this is powerful because there is so much that needs to be healed in a relationship. When you've got two imperfect people that are coming together to face life together, life's challenges together, it is inevitable We will make mistakes. We will act out of character from time to time. We will, you know, possibly carry a burden or something from the past into the into the relationship and now that that might be something that we're struggling with so it's so important for us to constantly be in prayer so that we are constantly being healed it is in prayer that we find our healing it is in prayer that God is able to work in us and work through us and so a lot of times I find that myself whenever I act out or I lash out when we're having some of our discussions, discussions. we don't we argue. Don't, we don't fight. We just we get discuss. in passionate we discussions. Touch. Anybody know what <laughs> I'm talking about? Passionate discussions? Anybody like me? Keep it real with me. You're not arguing. You're just having a passionate, passionate discussion. discussion. That's what we call it. <laughs> so when we get into our passionate discussions, there's times that I might get upset about something. And I have to kind of like, you know, the Holy Spirit, This that's the beautiful thing about prayer. When you have a prayer life, the Holy Spirit begins to speak to you and you get these gut feelings from time to time where it's like you're about to say there are sometimes I want to say something but the Holy Spirit's like "Ah, ah, ah, ah." you know not to go there don't hit below the belt this is still a man of God honor him respect him he is the head of the household so I have to submit to that but if I'm not praying that's very hard to do 
And it is easy to just lash out and come out of character. It's easy to disrespect the other and, and not honor the other and, and not regard the other in high esteem when you're not having a prayer life to remind you that the other person needs to be viewed, that even me as his wife, I need to view him the way that God views him. And so it's so important for us to constantly be in prayer. But aside from that, prayer helps us feel compassion towards the other person. We're able to think compassionately about our partner. And so I know that for, uh, for me and also for you, whenever I'm praying for my husband or I tell him that there's a, a need that I have and he begins to pray for me, you can feel each other's burdens. There's something about prayer where I'm like, you know, babe, I may not, I, I, I may not understand how you're feeling right now. Maybe I don't get it, you're right. It's a man thing. Anybody ever been like, that's a, that's a man thing. I don't really know what you're talking about. Or guys are like, that's a woman thing. I don't, I don't get you. <laughs> um, you know, so sometimes we, we might be going through that and, but we'll say, you know, but, but let's just pray about it. And through prayer, you might begin to feel the burden and you feel compassion towards that person. And prayer opens a door to, for forgiveness and it fosters those things. A lot of times when we're, um, when, when maybe I'm, I'm upset about something or you're upset with me, he'll tell me straight up, you need to go pray. And I'm like, but I can't say anything because it's true. If I haven't prayed that morning, I'm, I'm more cranky. I tend to lash out more. I, I, you know, I may not have the best attitude. I am not a morning person. Do we have any morning people in the house? I'm who's a morning, a morning person. We are opposites. I'm a Complete. morning person. Who prefer, who's a night owl? You prefer, you know, in the night, you know, stay up late at night. That's when I really want to talk to him. It's like 11 p.m. at night, and I'm like, babe. He's like, really, friend? It's time to go to sleep. <laughs> and I'm like, no. She want to listen, y'all. Can I? Can, we also have confession time up in the church, right? We we, we open transparent. She be want to have some profound conversation at one in the morning, y'all. I'm like, listen, we we let's just pray in Jesus. <laughs> Literally, this is what happens. But you know, even for that, like if if I if I don't command my morning to God, I find that. I, I'm gonna have a bad attitude in the morning. So it's important for me, for me, I, this is something I have to because I know myself, to say, God, I command this day to you. It's gonna be a great day, Lord. And then I trip over something. I'm like, in Jesus' name, it's gonna be a great day, Lord. <laughs> but I say all that to say that it is, it's prayer that allows us to connect to the other person and allows us to forgive the other person. And so there's times when I might be upset with you. And so we're having a very passionate, the passion is going a little bit higher than usual in the discussion. And he might say, you need to pray, or I'll tell him, you need to go pray. And in prayer, as I'm, you know, releasing to God my frustration and how I'm feeling, all of a sudden, it's easier to forgive because as I'm speaking to God, the Holy Spirit is also speaking to me and asking me to self-reflect. Well, could you have said that differently? Could you have done that differently? Could you have approached the conversation differently? Could you have not maybe signaled him out the way that you did? And so in prayer, I'm, it allows me to self-reflect and it gives me time to be a part with my father who is also a corrector and a teacher. And so when we are able to say, you know what, God, if I'm in the wrong, show me, reveal it to me, help me be better. 
the Holy Spirit will answer to that call because he wants us to be better and he wants us to grow, to be the best version of ourselves. So prayer allows us to do that. And I'm gonna close with this. Prayer allows us to speak life into our partner. Proverbs 18:21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And if you have your partner, it is your responsibility to speak life over your partner. I know that anytime, especially me as a woman, it is my role, the Bible says in Proverbs 31, my role as a woman is to bring honor and favor to my husband. So I can't be out here acting a fool. I do, I do that in two ways. The first way is my character, how I present myself, how people view me. That brings honor and favor to my husband. But the second way that I do that is through prayer because my tongue, in my tongue, is what the Bible says, lies the power of life and death. So the words that I speak to him, the words that I speak over him, the words I speak about him in the atmosphere are bringing honor and favor to him or they are killing and destroying him. So sometimes we might be saying, well, God, my partner here, my partner there. Well, what are the words that you are speaking to your partner? What are the things that you are saying to others about your partner? And so our words have power. When my husband tells me, babe, you know, I have an interview tomorrow. I'm going out to do X, Y, and Z, and I need you to pray for me. We're praying that night, but on his way there, I get up in the morning and I say, God, I cover my husband right now in the name of Jesus. Wherever he is, I declare that he is the head and that he is not the tail. Give him wisdom that it's not him speaking in this meeting, but that it's you speaking through him, that through him others might see light, that we're Wherever he goes, he would leave footprints to follow. I declare that he is the salt of this world, that he is the light of this world, that your light and your love shines through him. I even say that there is no weapon that is formed against him that is gonna be able to prosper. And anyone who is speaking against him, I condemn them now in Jesus' name. There is power in your tongue. And when you speak favor and honor and begin to agree with the heavens for what God has for your partner, there is power in your prayer. Come on, let's celebrate Jesus for that if you receive that. That's powerful. You know, I, I just, I just want to quickly add, a lot of the issues in strife and relationships really stem from, from what Pastor Friend just mentioned, the words that we speak towards each other. In moments of anger, in moments of frustration, uh, we speak uh, and we react in the moment. And in order for you have to have a healthy relationship, reacting is always going to sabotage you. You must respond. And the best way to respond is having a moment where you have some, some, some time of reflection, have some time of prayer, and then you engage in the conversation. Because as long as you two are emotional, you know, in Spanish we say alterado, you know, if you two are angry, you're never going to come to a resolve. You're never going to come to a solution and a compromise. And so it's best to take some time to reflect and to pray, God, give me wisdom in having this conversation with my wife, with my partner, with my husband. I need to have wisdom in approaching these scenarios. A lot of times what that causes, the words that we use, it causes a lot of resentment in our partner. Offense, resentment, and unforgiveness. And you can be in a relationship and still have underlying tension and unforgiveness and bitterness and resentment because of what they said to you. And I, listen, I'm, I'm not, I, I don't, don't call me sexist, all right? We, this might be off the record, but women, y'all can remember every, like every little word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, 
She's like, you said, you, you said this to me two and a half years ago. It was midnight. And I'm like, hold up, what? <laughs> Pastor, that's toxic masculinity. Forgive me. <laughs> I'm just being open, honest, transparent. You know, just, just you got to be wise in the words that you, the words that you speak. Uh, and you got to also be prayerful so that you can forgive. Your relationship will always suffer as long as resentment and unforgiveness is in, is in the equation. You'll never be able to move forward. You'll never be able to have a healthy relationship. You must, how do I find that pastor? Begin by taking those steps. If you don't pray with your partner, start praying. If you already do it, continue to do it. For those who are single, say, Lord, give me a praying man. Yes. Ladies, if you're single, can you give me a good amen? amen? Fellas, give me a praying woman if you're single. Where you at, fellas, that are single? Let's go. Give me a praying woman. You don't know how much of a blessing it is to know that I have a wife that prays. How, that when I'm weak, she pulls me and encourages me and pushes me through her prayer and vice versa. When she's weak, I'm able to encourage her and push her through prayer. Let me give you this third thing. Are you all getting anything out of this so far? All right, let me give you this third thing. This third thing, here it is. Gratitude, gratitude, gratitude. To avoid that breakup, a sign that you're in a healthy relationship is when you are grateful and you, here it is, you show it. Because yeah. many people say, I'm grateful for them, but you're, you don't express it. And I don't want to hear the excuse, I never saw it growing up. My parents weren't affectionate. My parents didn't, they didn't say, uh, uh, say nice words to each other. You better cancel, rebuke, and break that. Just because you didn't see it doesn't mean that you should continue that pattern and that cycle. You should be the one to make a difference and make a change. I never saw my father be affectionate towards my mom, so I'm gonna be affectionate towards my wife. I'm gonna, I'm gonna express how much I love her. I'm gonna embrace her and not be ashamed of it. I'm gonna tell her how much I appreciate it. See, we go, we fall into that excuse and it's, and it's a vicious cycle of they know how much I love them. I don't gotta say it to them. I, be, I show them through my, I work, don't I? I rebuke the devil in hell. Yes. You work. Yes, you help with the kids. Yes, you pay bills. Yes, you do all these things. But even on top of that, show, express, speak your appreciation. That's, right. That's a sign of a healthy relationship. We support each other in all these different areas and all these different things. And, and, and I want you to hear my heart. Um, and, you know, there may come moments where it may seem stern and, and very firm. Is because for some, I'm speaking to you because you never had a father or mother really speak into your life. And, and God has places as spiritual parents in your lives to be able to speak to you and tell you this is the model that you should be going after. If you, if you saw a cycle of, of, uh, of, of men and women that weren't faithful to each other, that weren't expressive towards one another, uh, 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 men and women who, who really were... Uh, 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 even violent or aggressive towards one another, I'm speaking to you, and, and I have to tell you, you have to be the one to break those chains. 
You have to break those chains. You gotta be grateful and you gotta show it. Let me tell you what Philippians chapter one, verse three to five says. I love this scripture. This is the apostle Paul. He's speaking to the church in Philippi and he's speaking to people who were loyal partners and faithful to him in the ministry. But I believe this is something that we can take and apply to our everyday life. He says to these people, I thank my God every time I remember you in all of my prayers for all of you. I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. But let's look at the first clause. I thank my God every time I remember you. This is something that I practice every day. I thank God for my wife. And not only do I thank God, but I let her know, babe, I appreciate you. I appreciate your prayers. I appreciate how you support me. I appreciate the way you encourage me. I appreciate the mother that you are. I appreciate because the sacrifices that you've made, and you do it with so much grace, you, and, and, you, and you as fine as ever, 13 years later, I'm, I'm still, I'm still, I just want to, I'm taking a little, I'm having a little moment, y'all. I'm so in love with you. I love you. I appreciate you. You are beautiful. You are gorgeous. You are a queen. You are amazing. I'm, I'm, I'm teaching some of you. I'm teaching some of you. Because some of you... You can't even say I love you. You can't even say I appreciate you. As soon as you want to express your, some just hold you back. Say, no, I got to express it. Let me teach you about the law of recognition. If you're taking notes, the law of recognition, the law of recognition. The law of recognition says what you fail to recognize, you fail to appreciate. What you fail to appreciate, you always will lose. The law of recognition, I'm gonna bring it back. What you fail to recognize, you fail to appreciate. And what you fail to appreciate, you will always end up losing. That's why that joker, your ex, is still hitting you up two, three years later. Cause he ain't appreciate you in the moment. And now that you're gone, and now you're saying like the prophet Mike Jones, back then they didn't want me, now I'm hot, they all. Brother, listen to me. Sister, listen to me. Daughter in our ministry, listen to me. Young man in our ministry, listen to me. Don't wait to appreciate somebody when they're gone. Appreciate them while they're there. And recognize the effort that they're making. They may not be perfect. They may still be working. on. God is still working on the inside of them. He's still, he's still working and molding them. But appreciate them for where they are. Let them know you're not where you're supposed to be. But thank God that I see you growing. I see your effort. I appreciate you. I see what you're doing for our kids. I see what you're doing for our family. I see how much you're trying. I see all the things that you're doing. You gotta show appreciation, that law of recognition. Don't wait to lose it before you appreciate it. That's right. Gratitude and show it. Show it, show it, show it, show it. Go ahead, finish off, baby. All right, let's fly through this last point. The last one is communication. Can you say that out, communication? Communication, this is a big one. And also just a lot of stats, research, a ton of stuff has shown, you all probably already know this, that communication is in the top three things for divorce. So when people are not communicating, this is a sign that the relationship is, is very quickly going downhill. But let's see what James chapter one, verse 19 says. It says here, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. I hope you're taking note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen slow to speak and slow to become angry. 
Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. It's important that in our relationships we keep the lines of communication open. That means that there are no secrets, there's no boundaries, there's nothing hidden between you and the other person. There's no fear of judgment if I come and want to chat with you about a specific topic or something that's been laying on my heart or burdening me. There's no fear that you're going to judge me as my partner. There are open lines of communication. It means you're an open book. It means... He knows my passcodes. <clears throat> no face ID recognition, that's okay. I know his passcode. There's trust. If he looks through my Instagram, there will be no problem. It's quiet, I know. It's for you too. If he checks out who all my friends are, there will be no problem. If he looks through my messages, I, I there's know, no I problem. Know. I got one in the back. Praise God. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> you, that's good, Pastor Fran. This is awesome. I love this. <laughs> if he looks through my purse, there's no problem. The lines of communication are open. We are open books to each other. When there is absolutely nothing that you are hiding from your partner, you walk shameless, you walk guiltless, you walk with confidence, and when it's mutual, the amazing thing is, is that when he leaves the house, trust stays with me. And so even as he's walking out, I'm not, do I have to keep a tracker on his phone? Do I have to be worried about what's taking I'm not worried about him. I'm worried about the other people around. You know what I'm saying? So I begin to pray against those attacks from the enemy because I trust him. There's trust here. Everything there is for me to know about him, I know. And any question that he asks me or vice versa, we are an open book and we will share. I remember we've even had conversations where I'm like, babe, how much of my past do you want to know? Or vice versa. And there's times when he's like, I don't need to know about that. I, I don't, or tell me about this because maybe it'll help me understand where you're coming from a little bit better. But anything he wants to know, I will tell him. And anything that I want to know, he's gonna tell me. We're an open book. There's nothing that's hidden between the two of us. And so when he walks out or I walk out of the house or we're in meetings or I've got an overnight trip at work, there's no worry her eyes are falling on somebody else. Because I love the person I'm with, I express it, I show gratitude. I mean, when you got words like this every day, how am I going to go out there and start looking for some other man to, if some other man is like, hell. well, you look mighty fine. You ain't seen me, girl. <laughs> you better stop playing with me. <laughs> you know what the amazing thing is? This was one thing I, I didn't tell you this, babe, that happened to me at work uh, no, uh, talk on to Thursday. Me, talk to me. Come on, I forget went, them. Talk to me, At girl. work on Friday, yeah, I was I taking to... the elevator, okay. and there was a Caribbean man who starts looking at me and goes, it is so nice 
to see a fine black woman in this building. <laughs> and I remember looking at him, I smiled, I say, well, thank you. some weak lines, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was older. He was probably like, uh, he, was, uh, respect, he, was, respect, he, he seemed like he was an elder. He was respect, like in his respect, late respect, 60s. Respect. He was just kind of leaning oh, there. It's so I, good respect. to see, you know. And so I remember I responded back. I smiled and I responded back to him. And you know what the funny thing is? I, my exact words were, thank you, my husband tells me all the time. And it's amazing for a woman to be able to say that. But if another man is throwing piropeos, that how we say, you know, flirtation little signals to your wife, would she be able to say, my husband has fed me with enough love that I don't need yours? Or will your wife, will your husband be able to say the same thing about you? When another woman says, I can give you what she doesn't give you, he can say, actually, she's given me everything that I need and I don't need to look for anything in you. So when you feed each other with love and your love tanks are full, there's no need to go out to look for anything in anybody else. I have everything that I need right here and this, I don't compromise. So I don't, my, my fear is never, this. My prayer and my caution is always with what the enemy's trying to do on the outside because this he knows this is too strong. I can't touch it. But what I can do is use things on the outside to see if I can break it. But what we were reading in Ecclesiastics is that a cord of three strands is not easily broken. And as long as God is in the center, the third cord, as long as God is in the center, come what may, and we continue to do things with love and show love and appreciation to each other and communicate those things and be an open book and have trust between the two of us, then we don't have to worry about this because we are constantly preventing instead of having to intervene. We want our relationship to, con the reason why we constantly communicate is to prevent having to have an intervention. And so, there's two quick things that you, there's people who, are, who will sometimes say like, I don't, there's nothing that me and my wife or me and my husband can talk about, we've talked about everything. The average human being has 60 to 80,000 thoughts a day. You are not gonna tell me that there's nothing that you can't talk about. There have been a million thoughts that have run through your brain. But if you're ever like, there really isn't anything to talk about, the first thing that you can do is just check in. Check in on the relationship consistently. People, it is proven by research that people who constantly check on the pulse of their relationship last longer, have, have successful relationships. That means we constantly say, how are we doing? Not, how was your day today? What did you do at work? He did the same thing he did yesterday, honey. You, the check-in is, Yes, the check-in is, how are we doing? How am I doing as a wife? And be ready to hear the response. How am I doing as a husband? And be ready to hear the response. And listen, but don't, don't just hear. I hear you, no, no, no. But are you listening to me? Active listening, practice active listening. It means that when I say something, I want you to be able to repeat to me what I just said. Because it means you listened and you didn't just hear. Ever had a conversation with somebody? And then I'm like, you know, you might say, you feel me? And they're like, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I feel you. <laughs> what I just say, I'm sorry, I just, I'm sorry, I was, somebody text me, can you, can you repeat? No, no, no. Active listening means we put the phone down, we turn the noise out, we shut it out, and I'm here. 
And then when I, he's done, I'm like, so what you're telling me is one, two, three. And if he comes back, he can say, no, 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 that's not what I said. Okay, babe, I'm sorry, say it again. Active listening. That was good, can we, can we praise God for that? That was so good. Just super practical, super practical. If you are getting to know someone, you cannot get to know someone and have this in between you. If you're going out on a date, if you're married and you're having your date night, please do not let this control. You don't know how many times we go out because we have a rule. We have a rule and, and she knows sometimes it's hard. Don't, don't get me wrong. Sometimes it's hard and we have to fight it because we have emails. We have so much going on. We have you know, things on social media. There's always projects. There's always events. There's always something going on and it's a challenge but we always remind each other. We say, you know what? This can wait. We have to be able to have quality time with one another. But if you're going out and you constantly are doing this, we see it all the time. I'm like, babe, I'm, we have a thing. We, 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 we're like, look at your six o'clock. She look over, oh, you see a couple the whole time. They sitting there eating. Just look at each other from time to time. Not one word they share with each other. That's <laughs> Save money. Don't let that get in between, just practical. Listen, 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 listen to each other. Communicate, communicate, communicate with one another. I believe that, you know, we haven't given you an exhaustive list because we can keep talking and talking and talking. Here in the, in the, in, in the near future, we're gonna be doing workshops. It's gonna be, we're gonna have more time and it's gonna be uh, folks that are, you know, in relationships, marriages, and Pastor Fran are gonna lead those talks. It's not gonna be in the service because we wanna, we're gonna get even deeper on certain topics. When you hear about, the, uh, about those workshops, get connected and, uh, and, 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 and begin to be intentional in your relationship. Begin to be intentional. If all of these things that you're listening to, you're saying, man, I'm so far from that. We haven't applied any of these things. Today, I'm so glad you came to Hope Center. Praise God for Hope Center, God. Thank you for this church. That today, because, of, because you came to this place, you're leaving with information. And now you say, you know, I'm gonna make a change moving forward. Once again, much love and appreciation for listening to today's message. I'm so glad that you've been a part of the listening experience, but let me tell you, there's nothing like the live experience. It cannot be explained, only experienced. And so I encourage you to come out on a Sunday so you can listen to the messages live and be a part of a wonderful atmosphere within family and within community. You can find more information about our gatherings on our website at myhopecenter.org. Also make sure to follow us. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Our handle is at my Hope Center. I also encourage you to subscribe to our podcast so that you get notified as soon as we upload content. Make sure to share it with your friends and your family. There's someone that you know that could really benefit from these messages. So make sure to spread the word about what's happening here on the Hope Huddle podcast. So again, I hope to see you soon. Until then, peace, love, and God bless.